Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me as we discuss all things educational on the amazing adventures in education. My name is Jason Ashmore, and I am a current grade 5 classroom teacher. Feel free to follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Mr. Underscore Ashmore. So, have you ever farkled? I asked my class that this year, and they all gave me a rather peculiar look. I explained to them that this is what happens when one eats sparkles, and then, well, you get where it went. It got quite a few good laughs. For today's episode, I want to discuss the power of games in mathematics. After moving from junior high to elementary, and now being in charge of teaching all subject areas, I was looking for a way to help strengthen skills and reinforce topics that we covered in fun ways. So I decided that at least once a week, and in my first year, that was a Friday, that we'd play math games with the skills that we were working on that week, and then later on skills that we had been working on. What I love about math games is that sometimes all you need is a deck of cards or a pair of dice to help you have a fun game. Dominoes are also fun to use and can get your ha- you can get your hands on fairly quickly. The reason I love card math games so much is that with a quick trip to your local casino, you can obtain decks and decks of playing cards for free. Then, if you put together 10 to 15 math games into a duotang for kids, you give them a deck of cards and the duotang, and they can take them home and play them there. I remember one year, we made a package like this for the oldest kids in the school. We then spent time showing students how to play each and every game and how to teach the skills to their younger siblings and parents. It was a big hit. As a parent myself, I see the power of making math fun and exciting through games. My own daughters have turned treats like M&Ms, Skittles, and Smarties into time for math. Every time they get a package, they now ask if we can do math. They sort their candies into colors, and then we have discussions around largest and smallest groups, adding, subtracting, and even a little multiplication. They're only four and six, so I try to keep it simple. I also will do patterns with them. I've really enjoyed watching as their confidence with numbers has gotten better and stronger each time we do it. I've joked with my wife that I may need to start creating a lesson plan for these so that I don't have to be planning on the fly. I've also pushed my girls in terms of looking at math that I know is above their level. For example, when teaching adding, I show them that you can use multiplication to get the same answer. For me, making math fun and enjoyable through games helps to build a strong number sense and creates a foundation for my students and my own children. The other thing about math games is that it's a great way to review material that was previously covered. Especially on those days when you have a supply covering your class, I know that I have math games in my emergency supply plans. If you have other colleagues in lower grades that have math games, ask if you can borrow them and make a copy. Having students play games from previous years will also help to build their mathematical confidence. If you are looking for games, there are many out there for free with a quick search, or you can jump over to sites like Teachers Pay Teachers and have a look, or look for some specific math game sites. For me, the ones my students love playing games to enhance their skills. Now, a few of my next games you could play 
for just math, which is great if you teach more than one subject or more than one grade level. Some of my favorite card games come from a great resource called Acing Math, one deck at a time. They have math games from grades one up to grade eight. However, currently my students love playing Multiplication War. What Multiplication War is, is basically you remove all the jacks, kings, and queens from a regular deck of cards, leaving the aces as they are worth one. Shuffle, players place cards down in a pile. At the count of three, both players flip over their first card. The first person to say the product of the two cards receives both cards and puts them in a separate pile. If both players say the answer at the same time, the cards are put in the middle of the table. The next player to win the flip gets the cards in the middle of the table in addition to the cards just played. The winner is the person with the most cards at the end of play. Now, if your students are still struggling with their multiplication tables, this can become a little bit difficult. So, a variation on this is at the count of three, both players flip over two cards each. Each player multiplies their two cards together. Whoever has the highest product keeps all four cards. And I do this, I allow my students to have a multiplication table with them. So it helps to strengthen and organize those games. Some of my favorite dice games that we've begun playing, as I mentioned off the top, is Farkle. Now, Farkle is to be the first person to get from a thousand points to zero. So, the rules, one player at a time will roll all six dice. Points are awarded for certain numbers of rolls. And there is a little uh, chart that goes along with this. So, for example, if you roll a... A one, you can get ten points, and if you roll a five, you get five points. If you roll two, uh, th- sorry, three twos, you get twenty-two points. And uh, there's lots of uh, different little combinations. So if points are earned, players can set those dice aside and roll the remaining dice. The player may choose to stop rolling at any point and record the points earned. If a player chooses to roll again and no points are earned in the subsequent rolls, all points earned during their turn are lost basically a farkle. The points earned are subtracted from a thousand. The number is their new total. Play continues until one player reaches a score of zero. So. Another game my kids like playing is something called multiplication squares. Ultimately, what you do is you print out a multiplication square board, and you can Google this. You only need one board uh, per game. You can get two dice and two different colored markers. And basically what the students have to do is they have to roll the dice, and they are going to multiply the two dice together to get their uh, product. And if they see the product on their sheet, they basically put a line around it, Um, and then you roll the dice again. Another great tip, I use a multiplication chart with this one as well, and I've also sped the game up by allowing students to basically just shade in the square, because if you let them do it 
line by line by line and then whoever has the most lines gets the actual square it does in fact take a little bit longer than uh, a class period um, another fun dice game that I have is something called place value Yahtzee so first you have to decide who goes first and if you Google place value Yahtzee scorecards, you can find scorecards that have uh, three-digit numbers, four-digit numbers, six-digit numbers. Um, and basically what you do is you uh, roll the dice one or two times. You may need to stop and score after the first roll or after the second roll to roll the dice, place all the dice in the dice cup, shake them up, and roll them out onto a table. Here's a fun little tip that I got from a, uh, another colleague is if you have hard tables, going to someplace like the dollar store and getting a kind of a foam uh, mat or felt squares uh, can really reduce the amount of noise in the room when a lot of dice are rolling. Um, so after your first roll, set any dice aside that you would like to keep your keepers. You will not roll any of the keepers on your second roll. If you decide to keep all the dice, enter the scorecard on your, your score sheet. Your turn is now over. If you decide to keep some of the dice, put the keepers aside and roll the other dice again. If you decide to keep none of the dice, place them all back in the cup and roll again. For your second roll, re-roll any of the dice you would like. After your second roll, you must fill in your scorecard with the numbers you have rolled. The next player's turn now begins. Continue taking turns until each player has filled in all nine category boxes with either a number or an X. So basically on a typical scorecard, if we were playing with three digits, some of the categories would be number with three in the hundreds place, number with fives in the ones place, number with two in the tens place, number whose tens and hundreds digit add up to six. So basically you're just trying to create that. So if you are unable to fill in any number for any category at the end of your turn, place an X beside the available category. At the end of the game, compare the number you wrote in each category with the number your opponent wrote. If you wrote the greater number for that category, circle it and give yourself a point. So lots of cool skills that you can do there. Now, if you have dominoes, and if you don't have dominoes, again, you can probably go to your local dollar store or Walmart, Target, any of those cool little places and pick up uh, dominoes. And there's lots of different games that you can do with dominoes, but some of my favorite actually have to do with uh, fractions and working with fractions, because kids for the most part think fractions are in fact really uh, scary and it makes them seem to not like them but somehow when we play with dominoes uh, so two of my favorite ones are comparing fractions and ordering fractions so in comparing fractions students choose two dominoes and turn them over one side is the numerator and the other side is the denominator they compare both fractions so then you can make it a game each partner chooses one domino then they compare their fraction the partner with the greatest or the smallest fraction wins, and the kids get to the side. And the other one is ordering fractions. So students choose five dominoes and turn them over. One side is the numerator, and the other side is the denominator. Order the fractions from least to greatest, or greatest to least, and if you wanna make it a game, partners order their dominoes, then find the difference between their greatest fraction and the least fraction. The partner with the greatest or least difference wins. So there's lots of cool little games that you can do with dominoes. And you could do things like multiplication war, you can do adding and subtracting, you could have one 
uh, where the kids look at, you know, even and odd sort, where they add, subtract, or multiply the dots and the dominoes, and then sort the answer by adding, uh, by odd, sorry, by odd or even numbers. And again, if you want to make it a game, then you just pick rules as friends within the classroom. Um, some of the other non-traditional games um, I play in my classroom is one called Math Skitball. And basically what Math Skitball is, is you, it's basically a basketball hoop with a uh, ball. And I ask kids math questions. And then if they get it right, they get an opportunity to shoot a basket. And uh, how I give them points is if they get the ball into the hoop, it's three points. If they hit the uh, rim, it's two points. And if they hit the backboard, it's one point. And they play in teams and they each take turns doing that. Um, another cool game, and if you follow some of my other podcasts, we do a little gamification. I have a battle axe. So what I do is I have created a Google template with uh, circles on it. And I have a smart board and a foam axe and students go up and they throw the foam axe at different colored circles and I then can ask them questions. The nice thing about doing that is I can really differentiate based on the kid who came up to throw the axe. So a student who's got uh, not as much confident math, I give them a little bit easier questions to start so that they kind of build that confidence and students who I know really grasp the concept, I will give them um, more challenging uh, questions. Another fun one to do if you're looking for ways to get kids moving and working in math is to do something called the egg dash challenge. Now, this idea I got from a uh, individual by the name of um, John Meham, who's written the book Ed Renalin Rush. And in egg dash challenge, what you do is you take any worksheet related to math or actually any subject for that matter. And you basically cut it into strips and you stick it in the eggs you find at Easter. And then what you do is you put a basket in the middle of the room. Now, the first time I did this, I had them do it in the gym and I had them in four teams. And then basically when I say go, kids have to race to the middle of the basket, grab an egg, run to the other end of the gym, crack open their egg and solve the math problem. Now. If they don't know the math problem, they have to shoot their hand in the air and somebody else from their team has to run all the way down to the other end of the gym and help them. Now, they can't tell them the answer or do the problem for him. They have to walk them through how to do the problem, which is a great way for peer teaching to happen. So it's a fun uh, way to get kids moving and interacting um, with math, which to me is probably the most important thing is for kids to really love uh, math because for the most part, I think math sometimes gets that, that bad rap and really math is so important for, for us. Uh, one of the last games that I play with kids is a, an old game for me. It's a game that I was taught by my grandfather. Uh, it's cribbage. And crib to me is one of those fun games because you have to basically be able to add uh, numbers and think about patterns and uh, you're dealing with small numbers up to 31, which is, you know, a lot of fun. Now, my grandfather made it so that if you wanted to play, you couldn't count with your fingers. 
Uh, and for me, I don't follow that rule. I let kids uh, play with them. Um, but they're going to be able to count on their fingers because to me it's important about about having fun so um yeah so there's just a few of the games that i have in my classroom that that i play and uh, hopefully there's a game or two in there that uh, resonated with you i'll leave you today with a quote life is a math equation in order to gain the most you have to know how to convert negatives into positives Do you use math games in your class? Do you have a favorite math game? If you do, I'd love to hear what it is and maybe we can share our favorites with each other. Remember, we are better together. If there's content you'd like to hear about or questions you have from today's episode, please leave a comment or contact me via direct message on Twitter or over my email or reach out to me in some other way. If you could leave a review, that would also be extremely helpful. Also, if you subscribe, then when new podcasts become available, you'll be the first to know. Please share this podcast with other colleagues that you feel might like to listen to this as well. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, I hope you'll have an awesome time in your classroom and that you will continue to try new and exciting ideas along your own adventures in education.